What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast. That's Colby. I'm Dutt. And it's time to drink some bourbon and talk some sports. We've had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, just be- before coming on air tonight, <laughs> Doug got more bad news in the coaching department. <laughs> Man, just when you hit the jackpot, you uh, shit the bed at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryan Williams commit recommitted to Alabama, which is a big feather in the cap for DeBoer. That's a, that's they're calling him. It's Julio Jones, right? You know, right. as Julio was to Nick Saban, jumped that's Nick what, Saban off on the five star. That's right, and got that ball rolling and built the built the Saban dynasty. So now they're kind of pegging Ryan in that same kind of light that this was a, you know, this was the recruit you had to have. Yeah, was that was that the big things on coming? Was I guess that the announcement. I guess I guess that's what um, you know, Mbakwe and. Uh, I can't remember who the other one was. The other was, DB. Yeah, that was announcing, uh, you know. Big things big coming. Big news yeah. coming, big news coming. So, it wouldn't even surprise me if he's already signed. You know, he's been wanting to make the announcement, the official signing on, on his birthday, February 9th. But, you know, and Nick's alluded to this in the past, that sometimes these kids want to hold off on the announcement, but they're actually already d- done mm. the paperwork. So it actually, in this case, wouldn't surprise me if right. the paperwork, because, you know, with, with those guys already tweeting out, you know, hey, good big news, good news, mm. or whatever it was on the way, he might have already done the paperwork, and he was just holding out to make the announcement. And I don't know why he came out and did it now, you know, as far as... I mean, I guess maybe it had, a, you know, maybe he was wanting to... Let the DeBoer thing kind of settle out. Now give give his coach, his new coach, some momentum, mm-hmm. and it you know it, it it all might it all might work in the right time frame, right. so to speak. Well, you know he was supposed to be in Texas this weekend and canceled yeah. that trip. So already the rumblings were coming out that uh, you know, and then of course everything he does on Instagram is <clears throat> Alabama. You know everything right. he tags and likes is Alabama. So I guess. Maybe they just decided. He had you know, he had Auburn fans, man. He had oh, Auburn yeah. fans really excited, but I think he was he was all crimson. Well, there was a bu- still a bunch of crystal balls towards Auburn. Yeah, uh, I think I think he was playing Auburn pretty hard, but well, I don't know that he was really ever playing them. I think it was when he de- when he decommitted from Alabama. That's when everybody said, "Oh, he's." But did not did people not pay attention to what all's been going on since he decommitted? So yeah, it wasn't that hard to to read it, um, but uh, yeah, nah, there's good good news, man. I mean, really good news. I mean, we 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 took a couple hits, pretty hard hits on the transfer portal. Um, I think you know at least one hard hit on the transfer portal. Well, but yeah. you know we've backed it up with some some good some good additions. I think Proctor was gonna have. I think he was gonna be moved to guard. If he didn't leave, I think part of the reason he left, I think he's homesick for one. You know, he, he, yeah, he he's was, an Iowa kid. He, and, he was a shocking Alabama yeah, he was sign. Last he minute the sign. Yeah. I, I wonder, um, you know, I know Nick typically doesn't promise things to kids, but I wonder was there some, if you come, you'll start uh, type of things mm. going on because of the way it was such a last minute. Um, but anyway, you know, he's, I think the new coaching staff, Pretty much told him, you know, we're moving you inside. Uh, 
to guard because <laughs> you're too slow to be a tackle. Nah, he, um, but you know, you know, once you look at him, once you once you actually look at, I've never really, I've only seen him really in game situations, mm-hmm. and then over the past couple of weeks, I actually looked looked at other photos of him, and he's just not built like a left tackle. Nah, nah, he's he's not built like all. a guard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really not built he's like a left tackle. Built like a road grading guard, and. Uh, I think that's where his... He's a run blocker. He He's is. He's a run blocker, he is. yeah. And uh, so, you know, it is a big loss. He is a talented well, kid. I, I was referring to Downs. I know you're talking... Well, you said, you said a couple, but one in particular. Yes, well, we, Bond. Bond was the... I, I don't really... I, I never really considered Proctor a huge loss. And I don't consider Bond a huge loss. I just considered Bond... One that I wanted to keep. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we're we're fans of Bond, you know, and he's he's all he's in the lore, you know, he's, yeah, he's a exactly. hero because because yeah. he caught the game winning touchdown on fourth and thirty four. No, I'm just kidding, thirty one. <laughs> uh, my red flag <laughs> against <laughs> Auburn, so that'll hold special places for all Alabama fans. But we just upgraded in wide receiver. If you want to look at losing Bond and adding Williams. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. You know, you know yeah. Williams hadn't hit the field yet. So no, he hasn't. Wanna... But you know, I was also looking at the wideouts we got left, and we just jumped right into the show. I guess we'll do some I talking, mean, we'll, and then we'll, we'll, we'll backtrack back to the to the opening toast. But Bond actually was the lower rated recruit. He was below Hale, Law, and uh, Prentice. Right. So yeah. you know. Um, of course, he was playing, getting more PT than they were last year. But uh, I mean, Benson was a five star, and uh, he was a, a three star coming out of high school. He was kind of a you know junior college five star. Right, right. I that. mean, he was he was he was the top wideout coming out. He was the number one JUCO. Yeah. So I mean, but he I didn't. Mean, do anything no, that's what I was saying. I wasn't. You know, I, like Williams, you know, he's a five-star, but, I mean, he hasn't hit the field yet, so I don't yeah. want no, to tout him too much. Yeah, yet. that's the thing is we're, we're going from people that we knew what they were to highly rated, highly talented, produced heavily in high school, but will that translate over to college? Right. So yeah. that's where we don't, you know, we lost a Niblock or Niblack, but we, we pull in a Caleb Odom who, yeah. you know, all the measurables, it, it should be an upgrade. But, sure. you know, yeah. how does that equate to the field? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but, uh, now I was actually thinking about it position by position. And looking at, you know, disregard the, the kids that were leaving to the, to the NFL anyway. Right. So, are we worse off than from what Coach Saban would have had versus what Coach DeBoer's got to have? So Saban might have had Bond. You know, Bond probably wouldn't. I, see, I don't even know if Bond would have stayed if Saban would have stayed. But say he keeps Bond and Williams. Wide receiver group's about the same as it would have been. Um, quarterbacking, I think, is going to be better. Uh, you know, now we might have actually upgraded a little bit at wideout too because you know we have the experienced right. guy coming in from Washington. Yeah, we got uh, yeah, I forgot about the Washington kid. And He's I mean, I, he definitely should replace Bond's production. Yeah. I mean, their yeah. their production was well, very similar. Yeah. So. Plus Plus, he returns kicks where Bond right, would right. Used to and then he's a, another year or two so, yeah, older. If you, so, if you flip Bond for that, so that's that's why I'm saying the, the wide receiver position. You know, we didn't lose anything there. Offensive line, 
it's going to be better. We improved at center. I mean, we we definitely see the snaps going to improve. You know, Pritchett was was splitting time, not 50-50, but, you know, he was rotating in and out at left tackle, and he seemed to produce better at left tackle than Proctor did. So, I mean, Pro- Proctor did improve as their, he, yeah, their, but he still, the last third of the season. He did improve. Still couldn't handle a speed rush. No, I mean you know, not the not not with the elite rushers for sure. The, the the two losses Bama had, the reason was the offensive line, primarily center and left tackle. Yeah, and we've improved in both of those. The guards are going plays going to be better. So I think the O line with the coaching that's coming in, I, I give that an upgrade. Jalen Milrow, a year more under his belt, uh, with Grubb as an OC, the board's a head coach. I give the quarterback position upgrade. Yeah, we lost Sayan, but we brought in this six foot six monster. <laughs> I ain't worried about Sayan because you know I mean, he, he hadn't done anything. He hadn't done nothing either. Right. You know, I mean, I, he could. Is he going to be Blake Barnett or is he going to be Bryce Young? Exactly. Is he going to yeah. be Spencer Rattler uh, or is he going to be you know? For every five star that hits, I can give you. A, yeah, like two five absolutely. stars that didn't hit. And like you said, I mean, he was a beanpole. I mean, I, I mean, personally, I think we had. I mean, I think our backup was better than him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, our backup looked looked excellent. Well, Ty hadn't even left. He's I know. Out there, I know. He's that's recruiting. Really surprising that, that he, he's still know, so staying. We we are we're four deep still at quarterback. Oh yeah. Because uh, uh, uh you know, we lost Holston and Sayan. But, uh, you know, the three that stayed, plus bringing in this this Austin Mack kid who makes Jalen Milrow look like. I mean, Austin Mack's a giant. I mean, he's a giant. <laughs> and, I mean, he's he got a little bit of – he got a little bit – his arm doesn't look as strong to me yeah. as, as his body. Yeah. You know, he looks like he would have a rifle. But maybe – Of course, he's still only 17. So I know. He, he is, still, he is uh, extremely young. Maybe he's young. 18 now. Yeah, I don't know if he's 17 now, but he's but still young. He's and, got he's got room to, to develop. Yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, but, I mean, he might be putting those balls, the, the videos I was watching, they might have been on a, a harder line than it looked because it yeah. was, you know, it was high school film. Well, so the, the only thing, yeah, and I hadn't watched any clips. All, the only thing I heard was what um, the old Washington quarterback, Brock Ford, he was saying, like, when you watched him and Penix side by side throwing, it was like synchronized. I mean, they, they you could interchange them. Uh, that's how closely they, they resemble yeah, each other. Yeah, they do. Throws. They do have that that little three quarter motion, definitely. But he's coming from six foot six with right. three quarter, <laughs> right? And so you know, he's he's not going to have. I sh- he shouldn't have a batted ball issue, right? We'll see. Now, I mean, I like um, his size for sure. Running back, I think we're better this year than we were last year. You know, with with. Uh, Richard Young, J.M. Miller, Justice Haynes being the lead dogs now. Yeah. Um, this Hill kid that's coming in as a freshman. Yeah, he looks he looks good. He looked good in the in the All Star game. Tied in. We still got uh, Oots and Dupree from last year, and we're bringing in this talented freshman Odom. So I don't think so. Offensively, I think we're going to be better offensively this year than we were last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think with with the new OC, I think we can definitely be more uh, unpredictable mm-hmm. and, and be better on the offense and put up more points. I definitely think our defense takes a step back. Defense, it's, it, you know. I mean, unless our freshmen Yeah, step exactly. Up, I, I mean, was we're just going about to say, talent-wise, we're not taking a – actually, talent-wise, we may be taking a step forward. Yeah, on paper, talent That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm mean, saying. But, I mean, because Kool-Aid on the field. Right. But, I mean, you look at 
this these three five star you know cornerbacks that are coming in this year, plus the the five star that's coming over from USC, plus if we can somehow pull Muhammad from Washington, um, yeah, it's Muhammad, gonna be solid. Muhammad would be nice because I don't want to I don't want to count on our, our five star. Yeah, the problem the out. problem is on defense is yeah. gonna be experienced. Yeah. Now we're gonna have it up the middle. Losing Caleb Downs is going to be a big yeah. We're going we're going to have it, you know, in the two middle linebacker slots and the two defensive uh, tackle slots. Yeah, edge rushers and corners. Yeah, and safeties that outside that perimeter. Picked up a Washington That's, edge rusher. Did we? Did he? He came for a visit. I haven't seen. Uh, did he commit? Well, or I, I, you're just assuming. I'm assuming we're okay. picking him up. Yeah, he. And of course, he's inexperienced. A visit. A visit. It's over. <laughs> it's over. A visit. I yeah. mean, that's why I'm saying it's not dead. <laughs> Dynasty's not dead. I really think DeBoer. He can. He's a winner. He's a winner, and now he's got. He's got. The only thing. Number is one, he's got facilities. Oh yeah. He's got. Uh, the mystique. Yeah, he's got recruiting hotbed, mm-hmm. and Nick Saban right in the backyard on speed dial. <laughs> That's it, man. I mean, I, I mean, he's got everything set up. He's put together a hell of a coaching staff. He has. He's, he's put and, together and a hell of a coaching staff. All he has to do is is win, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> well, under extreme pressure. The, the two things that could hold him back this coming season is going to be the experience on defense. And the fucking schedule. It's brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. It is brutal. We have to go to LSU, to Tennessee, to Wisconsin, to Oklahoma. Then we got home games against Georgia and Missouri. That's that's half the schedule, and that ain't ain't no gimmies in that in that no. half of the schedule. No. So, you know, there's a lot of people predicting four losses for us. Of course, we've heard that before. But yeah, we heard that this year. It's but it is, a, it is a difficult schedule. And Georgia's early. But, you know, early. everybody in the SEC has got a difficult schedule now. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just no hiding anymore. Right. And Missouri, damn Missouri done stepped up. <laughs> Drinkwitz. Yeah. I mean, he's done stepped up out there. If they can keep him – I mean, they're they're a top twelve team. I mean, they're a playoff team now, and so if he keeps if they can keep him out there, I mean, they're no longer a an easy dub. Well, I'm hearing um, jumping around a little bit to the to that was the good news. The bad news with uh, Jim Harbaugh jumping back to the NFL and going to the Chargers. Um, yeah, it's been and, reported. It's and, been reported, and I'm hearing that he wants to take most all of his coaching staff with him. I definitely know he won't. Uh, you know, I've read where he wants to take Mentor, Mentor his yeah, DC, DC for sure. But I think you know Michigan's going to have a. I mean, they're going to have to scramble a little bit because they're they're not the best paying mm-hmm. university, and you know the academic standards there are, are a little bit tougher mm-hmm. than a lot of the a lot of the traditional Southern schools that where the where the better coaches lie. Um, so. I, you know, I mean, think, I think they're going to have to promote from within. I could see them offering Jesse Mentor. I don't know. It's going to be tough over Sharon Moore. I mean, right. both of them did a great job in Harbaugh's absence. Yeah, you, fig- you figure they got to go after one or the other first. You know, those two would be the first two that you would think to try right. to, to try to keep whole things together. And that would not be Michigan style, though. The university they 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 want a big a big name. I, I've heard Brian Kelly's name. Why, why, you know, 
Brian Kelly is not he's not leaving. God, I'm just saying I've heard his yeah. name. I well, don't, I, mean, I don't even know why. I his mean, name there is. were some names mentioned in the for the Bama job that I still don't believe were ever offered. Right. Yeah. No. So I mean, and and Michigan's not going to just. You know, it's kind of like like Alabama. You know, you, you're not you, even though you might be, you know, at the top of the mountain. You're not just going to go snatch coaches away just because you are who you are. And so, I think Michigan's going to possibly have to stay within. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. And if I, I guess the rule is, if they hire from within, then you can't poach. No, I think I, I think, don't think the transfer portal opens. I think it does. I think if you, I, I think it, I think it all surrounds the head coach. Okay. If, if the head coach leaves, it's a 30-day window. Well, we'll have to do some research. Yeah, I, I, haven't, because I, I haven't looked at it. I felt like I read something that, that made me think otherwise. Yeah, so. I haven't looked it up and read it for a fact, but it was my understanding that if the head coach leaves, it's a 30-day uh, portal. But I think uh, Hopefully, for Michigan's sake, uh, your version is correct. <laughs> yeah, I think Jesse Minter is destined for the NFL, personally. I mean, that's where he came from. So, I really think he, he probably wants to go back. Yeah. Sharon Moore, I could see Sharon Moore staying. And, well, you know. And he did, a, he did a great job. And I hadn't heard his name mentioned with the staff coming with him. Uh, and maybe it's because... There's already the rumblings. Could already know, be the, something the in the works. Work. But, you know, we I thought I thought Saban had something already I, set in place, I, which he could have. He could have. Who knows? I, DeBoer might have been his handpick. I, I, I think there was – because DeBoer had a, a contract offer on the table. Oh, yeah. That he said he didn't want to do it because he was concentrating on the Rose Bowl. But <laughs> it don't take very long to put your signature on a <laughs> – Ten million dollar contract, right? So I think there was already probably some preliminary discussions going on. I don't think it was just a jerk the rug out from underneath. Yeah, you know, we'll never know. So, we'll, we'll never really never know that story. Yeah, and I, I think Jimmy Sexton, the, the agent to all these coaches, he sure. I mean, he, he had he the had, puppet master. He orchestrated it beautifully. He did. He had his hands on every one of them that I mean, were being mentioned. Yeah, so. I mean, he's like, okay, I'm gonna throw this guy's name as a rumored, and then his school's gonna up his salary to get yep. him to stay. And then my check gets bigger. Uh huh. It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah, made the wrong career choice for sure. All right, well, you want to start the show? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done. I thought the show was over. Boom. 20 minutes in. Let's uh, go. 20 minutes in, and we're we're not drunk, and we're already rambling. Yeah, exactly. And we're not drunk. Well, that's, but that's kind of the – that's really what this show was supposed to be about. Yeah. I think we've kind of taken it in different directions. We were sports center for a few episodes. Yeah. Regurgitating. Know, now, we're trying to get back to that where it's just you and me just talking about – Whatever comes whatever, into, yeah, whatever whatever comes into our heads. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start with the opening toast, and I I'll let you go first. Why don't you tell us who your opening toast is this week? Roll Tide, Nick Dunlap. There he is, Mister Nick, Mister Amateur, Mister still on the Alabama golf team. Crimson Tide, Nick Dunlap, twenty years old. Um, what is he's what I he was the first amateur since Philly Mick. Yep. In 91 to win a PGA event. And it was awesome. It was fun to watch, man. The kid is kid is special. I mean, everybody at Alabama, you know, knew he was special. And, you know, he's been all, on all the major amateur 
events and won. He's he's basically won equivalent to Tiger on the amateur mm -hmm. circuit. So he's got big decisions to make. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't get to keep the prize. He got to keep the trophy. Yeah, he had but to not win. the nice check that came with it. One point five, man. Yeah, he had one and a half that he had to. But I think I agree with him. I would waive it because, you know, if he accepts that check, yeah, he gets to go pro. And he's probably going to be a multi-winner on, the, yeah, on yeah. the PGA. But he also waives the right for the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open, the Walker Cup, all of these amateur events that any amateur golfer would aspire to. And especially the April visit to the Masters. I mean, you're not guaranteed to get there. Mm -hmm. As a PGA pro, of course, one victory on the PGA and you get an invite. Mm -hmm, right. So he would technically, you know, gets an invite to the to the Masters. So anyway, um, it was awesome to watch. I I didn't get to see it live, but I did rewatch the Sunday round, and it was awesome. He actually was paired with Justin. Thomas. I saw that, and I saw yeah. where um, Nick was talking about how the, what what he expected to be a great season for Justin, and then Justin. Put it in the water, <laughs> right as Nick, <laughs> right as Nick was saying that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was yeah, a, it was cool watching J JT and and him walk. Yeah, up I saw the that. Yeah, I saw them walking and kind of yeah. talking. And quite uh, a few roll ties. That, there was the something that uh, that uh, Justin had asked him or something about. Uh, have you done that before? And he was like four times or something. It was something like, like hitting a ball, shanking a. Oh, it was. Hitting the hitting the spectator. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he was like, yeah, I did it four times on one hole at one tournament or something like that. Yeah, he did hit a spectator on eighteen. Um, I don't necessarily think it didn't really help his ball. I mean, he was he was actually playing out to the right because he didn't know he had a one shot lead. He thought he had a two shot lead, mm. so he was playing out to the right to avoid the mistake in the water. And he clipped a he clipped a fan up mm. on the hill, but it rolls it rolls down and to the, you know, I don't know, 10 feet off the green to the left, and he gets up and down. Makes about a seven-footer to win. I mean, it was a man, knee knocker, man, man but he, he looked like a true pro. He rolled hmm. it right in. So, anyway, Nick, Nick man, that was cheers. exciting. We always love to see a, a Bama guy succeed for sure. Give, right. us, give us more to root for. Appreciate <laughs> you, man. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. All right. Also, what you got? Also, uh, the 2024 Hall of Fame class just came out. And uh, so they put three guys in. and uh, I don't like it. Todd Hilton, you know, he put up some great numbers, helped me win a lot of fantasy trophies. But, <laughs> of course, he had that cold, uh, cold, that Coors uh, effect. Coors field, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, and then Beltray. Uh, you know, I think Beltray deserved it. yeah. With the exception of someone, we'll get to that. And then uh, Joe Maurer, you know. Mm. <laughs> and I know you're going to touch on that a little bit. Mm. But, but I still wanted to recognize them. They, you know, they're going into the Hall of Fame. We don't talk a lot of baseball, but, uh, you know, that was a special occasion for these guys. I did like Todd Held. Of course, he is a Tennessee Vol. I won't hold that against him. But like I said, he was, he was the anchor to my fantasy team for many years, so. I got a cool, I got a cool Todd Helton story. Okay. So when I was at Bama, I was attempting to walk onto the baseball team, and there was a guy there who invented a bat speed machine, and he was measuring all of our bat speeds. Mm -hmm. And I had good bat speed. Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I step up, I swing, I had 109. And he was like, there's a kid at Tennessee, Todd Helton, <laughs> 129. Damn. 129 bat speed. Just mm. a little sidebar. Yeah. That's why he's, that's why, that's that's why why he's he, on the screen back there. Well, 129. You're standing here talking about it. <laughs> 129, wow. man. Awesome bat speed for sure. You know, I looked at Helton's numbers because of this crew that, you know, these three back here. Beltray, no-brainer. Yeah. Well, Helton, and Beltray did it with the glove, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Beltray was just a, a good – just don't touch him on the head. But other than that, he just was a solid, solid, long career, great defense, great offense, just a solid yeah, player. Yeah, he put up some, some good numbers. Helton yeah. put up some good numbers, too. Yeah, of course, like I said, he got the, the cores effect there that uh, – Play helped, factor. His, yeah. helped his long ball numbers a little bit, but he he was still a great hitter of the ball. And I know sure. you're going to touch on Mr. Joe Maurer a little bit more, but yeah, I got some more to say about so before, about this class. <laughs> so before we roll into that, let's just uh, say cheers to the three gentlemen that made the Hall of Fame, and and to Helton on his last chance. Yeah, that was your last chance, you know, to get in. You know, that's that's really good. The other two were first first ballot. Hall of Famers, so. All right. Well, we got the toast out the way. Now let's uh, go into our scumbag of the week. And I know your scumbag is related to the the Hall of Fame balloting. Yeah. So let me go ahead and put your, your slide up there, your numbers. Yeah. So so I I got be I got huge beef with this Joe Maurer for and you know I mean he was a great catcher. I get that. He he was a good catcher. He was I mean, but a first ballot Hall of Famer? I mean, I'm a huge Dale Murphy fan. I right. mean, it's the only reason main reason who, I played center who, field. Who was not a good catcher. <laughs> Terrible catcher. And that's why he became a center fielder. But how does one go from catcher to being a great center fielder? <laughs> I mean, look at look because at that's where all his throws wound up when he was playing catcher. Look at the Murray, five-time Gold Glove winner, man. That's he was a freaking athlete. He was man. an athlete. He was an athlete, and he's being he's been robbed. He has been robbed about from the hall. Now I think his numbers are borderline. Don't get me wrong, but when you put him up against Joe Maurer, I mean, at bats, a little bit more hits. Almost identical, you know, a little bit more, but his his power numbers, his RBI numbers, stolen bases. I mean, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it how Dale Murphy gets gets jobbed like this. I think part of it with Murphy is one being an outfielder. You know, if he yeah. if it was if he'd have been able to stay a catcher, good. then yeah, he would have got in. Also, he played on some shitty exactly, Braves teams. Exactly. And I think and that's, look at the, but look at the, the, the numbers. The, yeah. The RBI oh, yeah, numbers. Yeah. The well, I'm surprised he, that there was anybody on base. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Knock for him to have them RBI numbers, man, and just two-time MVP on the shitty-ass Braves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come well, on. Well, and man. it's funny because you, you were telling your funny Todd Helton story. I'm going to tell Dale Murphy. That's That's – around the time when I moved to Atlanta. And uh, me and my buddy, we used to could go and get $1 bleacher seats. <laughs> but the stadium would be so empty that mm-hmm. we'd, we'd walk around and we'd sit behind the dugout. I mean, not the dugout, but the bullpen. And we'd be sitting there carrying on a conversation mm-hmm. with Bedrosian and, and the other right. relief pitchers. And they'd throw us up some chew. And 
it was just, you know, we were just out there like we were hanging out with our buddies because <laughs> the Braves were so terrible back there. This was. Was, this was the early 80s, and they were so terrible. And the only thing, the only good player they had was Murphy. And, uh, yeah, I can just remember going in a, a dollar and watching, <laughs> sitting on the first base uh, foul line right there. And uh, Yeah, but listen to this, you know, Maurer had one season of 20 20- Plus home runs. I realize home runs isn't everything. Yeah. Now, he wasn't a real big power guy. He he was more because he won, what, a couple batting titles? Yeah. Three batting yeah. titles. Yeah. But, um, but but put this put this in your pipe and smoke it. Placido Polanco, Jason Kendall, and Juan Pierre had more hits in their career than them Joe Maurer did. Hmm. Those are some pretty average ball players yeah. who played relative same career length as Maurer did. I mean it's just it's just not right, man. Yeah. You made a you made a point that it was his position. And yeah. and I get it. I but at the same time I don't think it should. No, it shouldn't. It it, shouldn't. You, you, if these are Hall of Fame numbers, then these are Hall of Fame numbers. If this is a first ballot Hall of Famer, this is a five time ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Put the man in the damn hall. Yeah. And for that matter, put Shoeless Joe Jackson in the damn hall, too, because that's just stupid. Yeah. We don't want to talk about Pete Rose because <laughs> I don't personally like Pete Rose. Nah. I think Pete Rose is a jackass. Yeah, but I, you know. You but he deserves to, the hall. Did, yeah, I mean, based on what he did on the field. Yeah. Um, do. Uh, are you, you got anything else you want to say about this? No, or, no. Screw the because I'm gonna pig, I'm gonna piggyback off of this while we're, you know, venting on who should be in the Hall of Fame. I feel like all these black ball players from the steroid era should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Gary Sheffield. Who am I missing? Uh, but these guys, Raphael Palmero, A Rod. Yeah, I was never an A Rod fan. Well, I, I, but, but I know, but, I know. You know, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Major League Baseball looked the other way; didn't want to enforce anything that had to do with steroids. They just made their money off of it because sure, that was the the height of the popularity. Of the game because of the home runs yeah. that Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, uh, Conseco, those guys were mashing home runs. MLB was at a peak. The fans were loving watch, going to the game, watching the game. The pitchers started juicing because the hitters got so good and big <laughs> that you said had, they had to start juicing to keep up with the hitters. You know, Bonds was a stud without juicing, but then. The guy, other guys were juicing to keep up with him, that that didn't make it fair to him, so he juiced to get back up to the level he was before everybody started juicing. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I, and I kind of think Beltre might might be sneaking out he, of that little steroid. He came discussion. on the tail end of, you know, he was at the his, the beginning of his career was at the tail end of that, right? And you know, he never had a positive test or whatever, but. For for them to try to dictate well who who we gonna blackball and who are we not that's not real fair either you know if if nobody was ever um, had a positive test 
you got to go on. You know, they were just working out like men. <laughs> right. Bonds, man. But I, Bonds to me. Bonds is probably. And Clemens. Bonds the, and Clemens. Bonds is the third greatest hitter ever to play the game. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my opinion. And if you ask me to rank them, I'll do that. But he's the third greatest hitter ever. And I'm talking about for average, for for just overall hitting, not just power. You want to talk about bat speed, I'd like to see what his was. His, his was I'm sure his was more than Hilton's. Oh, yeah, his was elite for sure. Because, I mean, he could he could basically wait on the ball to get right into him and still turn on it. And, I mean, the thing about Bonds was – he had such a good eye. I mean, you, you could not throw him a ball and he wouldn't swing. He wasn't swinging at Jack unless it was right where he needed it to be. So you were kind of forced. You were forced to throw to him because you couldn't really pitch around him. Yeah. I mean, I it wouldn't, you know, Sosa, McGuire, I could care less. But Bonds deserves to be in uh, the Hall of Fame. I mean, McGuire, six foot five, two hundred and seventy right. pound dude. I mean, he didn't need the juice, right. really. Right. I mean, his Roger Clemens is a huge. That's a man. I don't know. I mean, I I understand steroids, but I mean, as a pitcher, as a pitcher, man, him and Schilling. I mean, yeah. I just don't. I mean, I, I get the hitter from the steroid standpoint, right. but from the pitching standpoint, yeah. I mean, I I think what their their issue with them is recovery. You know, they were able to they were able to recover quicker and and throw more pitches. You know, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows why? But it, it's definitely. But now I think Bonds and Clemens are two of the the greatest that have ever played, and they were doing it before the steroid era. Yeah, exactly. And those two should be in the hall without a doubt, but. Just to exclude people from that steroid error, you know, put it, make, make a different wing in the hall. <laughs> you know, this, this is the juice hallway, you know. Um, but to exclude them when you were profiting off of them, you were looking the other way, is just wrong. Yeah, yeah. You let it, you let it happen, you accepted it, but now you're denying them entrance into the Hall of Fame. Where they deserve to be. They need to have an average wing for Hall of Fame, and Joe Maurer would be in that average, <laughs> and Harold Baines would be in that average wing. Is Harold Baines? Harold frigging Baines is in, the, in the Hall, Hall of, of fame. fame. Yes. And you're going to exclude Murphy? Come on now. I mean, you, there ain't no damn coach in this country ever in baseball history would take Harold Baines over Dale Murphy in their primes. Mm-hmm. Give me a break, man. I think it's because he's a Mormon. I think I they're know. keeping him out because he's a Mormon. Could be. Religious persecution, man. It's bad. It's bad. It's a bad look, Hall of Fame. Dale Murphy, I love you, man. I do. I love Dale Murphy. He was so fun to watch. Man, it's a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's, moving that's, on. That's all I got on, uh, on, on snubs. What we got now? What you want to talk about? Well, we already talked a shit ton of college football. I got nothing left, man. I'm out. I'm out of stuff. I'm out of stuff. Well, I did want to do a little, a little experiment, not experiment, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fed up. And I know I bash on the media all the time on this show. But the narratives that they want to paint on quarterbacks – just based on their personal preferences, it just it just rubs me the wrong way. It just irks me. So I put up some 
some side by side comparisons. This, this sounds like he's he's rubbed raw because something about Tua. Well, there might be some Tua in here, but <laughs> There's just some Tua stuff in general. In general, in general. Love, this man loves some in damn Tua. General. So you got two quarterbacks, quarterback A and quarterback B. Both of them, their their individual franchises are trying to determine whether or not they should extend them, give them that big fat contract. So. The media wants to tell you that QBA, who has thrown for 4,624 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, has a 101.1 passer rating, and a career record of 34-19, he's holding his team back. Don't extend that man. QBB, thrown for 4,159. I can name these quarterbacks 30, in two notes. 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 96.1 passer rating, 12 and 15 career record. The media wants you to run right out and get this man an extension immediately. Hmm. You know who number one, who quarterback A is. Yeah, that was a give. It's my boy, too. <laughs> he's holding back the Dolphins. Holding them back. Because he's got no arm strength. And who who you calling on QB2? I'm going to say it's Harbaugh's new man. Nope. Nope, it's not Herbert. Nope. Jordan oh, Love. Jordan Love. Yeah, I thought the, the win-loss numbers were too low to be Herbert. For Herbert. But Herbert's in the same situation where he, he ain't winning on the field. No, no. He, uh, but he, but you know, but, but the he meet, media he meets loves all of, Yeah, he meets all of the So, yeah, they're, they're saying the Packers need to sign Jordan Love to a huge extension and the and the Dolphins might want to keep looking for another quarterback, even though this kid just led the league in passing. All right, so let's go to round two. All right, now these guys, you know, are young quarterbacks, the future. Should they be the future of your franchise or should they not? Well, quarterback A is a given. <laughs> <laughs> QBA been sacked 62 times. He had to throw the ball away to avoid sacks another 46 times. And his wide receivers dropped the ball 23 times. Adam didn't. <laughs> QVB, he's only been sacked 38 times, so about half the times. He only had to throw the ball away 16 times, so a third of the time. And his wide receivers only dropped 18 balls. So obviously we know who quarterback A is, Mr. Young, who was – Constantly harassed every single game he played this year. Quarterback B, Mr. C.J. Stroud. And the interesting thing, and what made me think of this comparison, was watching C.J. running for his damn life last weekend against the Ravens. So, C.J. against pressure. Yeah, what was his quarterback rating? Against pressure, he was 19 of 33. 175 yards, yep. no touchdowns. This young man, Bryce Young, who plays under pressure every single weekend. Every down. His quarterback, what he averages per game, 20 for 33 for 180 and about half a touchdown a game. So before you write this young man off, think about what this guy, C.J. Stroud, did, how he performed when he was under duress and pressure and moved from his spot constantly. And that's what Bryce was fighting all year long. Apples to apples. That's right. That's right. And I got one last one for you. Now, the media would like for you to look at quarterback A, and they want to convince you this is a generational talent 
This guy is the face of your franchise and will be for the next 10 to 15 years. Quarterback B, he's overrated, overpaid, he's a bum, get rid of him immediately. And for those people listening and not watching, I'll tell you the stats. This was their first 48 games in the NFL. One of them, quarterback A, the great one, is 20 and 28. Quarterback B, who needs to be immediately uh, kicked out of the NFL, was 19 and 29. Passer rating for A, 85.5. Passer rating for B, 85.4. Passing touchdowns and interceptions, 55 to 35 for A, 55 to 33 for B. Passing yards, 12,204 for A, 11,992 for B. Yards per attempt, both of them an identical 6.7. So you would think, I mean, these are pretty comparable quarterbacks. Comparable, yeah. So. I'm guessing, should I guess? We'll we'll, we'll play the guessing game. Who's, Who's A? I think it's Herbert. You stuck on Herbert. I am. Nope, Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Generational Talent. Against Mac Jones. Nope. Nope. Danny Dimes. Danny freaking Dimes. Now, in the media, they want you to love Lawrence. He can do no wrong. And Jones, and they got identical stats, but Jones, you need to run him out of town as fast as you can. I just thought it was interesting when you start looking at the numbers. That a media don't know what the hell they're talking about. And put stuff side to side, and it just emphasizes that the media just whatever their agenda is that's what they're going to push you just so. got to listen to dan Hill. oh yeah yeah Absolutely. just listen to dan olowski he, he shoots straight and he knows quarterbacks he might have been a he might have been a shitty quarterback in the nfl I mean, he, but he was in the nfl and he played in the nfl for a long yeah, time he did. i yeah, mean he, he did, was but, he was a but, career backup but, but he keeps it real and he keeps it honest and yes, he, he catches hell for defending quarterbacks and but he knows them, he's man. one of the few yep. that i enjoy his takes yeah because because exactly. it is he doesn't just have agendas he actually looks at the film he looks at the numbers he he right. analyzes things yeah, he's a good, he's a good one. Well, that's pretty that's pretty good. Those are that was, Isn't that that interesting. Was, yeah, the Bryce Young versus Stroud, stat, and, and which, I had no you, idea because I had to get out the calculator to figure up Bryce's you know per game average. I because mean, when you look up the stats online, it doesn't doesn't break down all the app like the attempts per game and the. So anyway, I'm calculating this out, and it was almost mirror image identical right. uh, for what. You know, CJ put up against the Ravens and what Bryce had to deal with all year long. Yeah, but here in the local media and the Panther fans, so many Panther fans like to uh, like to make that comparison. Obviously, because I mean they're going to be the Panthers had a chance. Yeah, they'll always be compared, always be compared, just because the Panthers passed on a chance to draft Stroud and whether or not Tepper wanted Young or. You know, Frank Reich wanted Stroud. Who knows? Who knows? Flipped their but situations. And, exactly. And Bryce Young puts it, up. It would have played out identical. It really would have. It really would have. You know, these two have been best friends and competing against uh, each other at every level from peewee ball to now. And, it, you know, they've been pretty much neck and neck at every, every stage of the way. Um, actually, Bryce you know, was a little bit above CJ at every stage. But, 
I mean, I'm not knocking CJ. That that kid's got talent. Oh yeah, I mean, that absolutely. Kid effortlessly yeah, throws the football. Nothing against him and. The Panthers wouldn't have been wrong taking him no. over Bryce right. or the it Texans taking toss. Bryce over, you know, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and you know, I, I, watching um, Baker and Mayfield. And I'm, I'm the biggest Buckeye hater there is. <laughs> right. I can promise you that. Well, and, But, I mean, yeah. true is true. Exactly. And it, you, you look at uh, Baker Mayfield. He couldn't do shit when he was with the Panthers. And he had weapons. You know, he still had uh, DJ Moore and right. Christian McCaffrey when he was here yeah. and couldn't do nothing. He gets away from the Panthers, and he's balling out for the Bucks. I mean, he's, yeah. le- he's leading the, the playoffs. I know he's done now, but right. no, he's I'm, leading the playoffs in passing. He, so, had the, he was probably the number one quarterback the last third of the season. Yeah. In the NFL, and, and, you so know, he, he started out good at Cleveland. So, it was in the middle where he couldn't figure things out and – so, you can't. You gotta look at the situation. To me, football is the ultimate team sport. You can't. You can't have one dominant player like you might could in basketball or. Um, but football, it takes it takes the entire team to including to the coaching staff, and the, the offensive coordinator, the scheme, yeah. the play design. I mean, when you don't have receivers capable of getting separation Separation, and you're still running you know you're still running long routes you know you're trying to make dj chark run you know a long route bryce young doesn't have but two seconds to throw it well dj chark ain't gonna put up numbers right you know you can't you know it's just ridiculous i mean the stuff i've read is just asinine by the panther fans those of you that (laughs) don't like bryce young y'all can kiss kiss an ass because you don't really know the story you're not you're not really you're not really being objective not being objective i think it was bama fatigue and i think you hate bama so you obviously hated bryce young you hated him because of his size and uh, he was hit the most. And did he ever miss a game? Uh, yeah, he did miss, miss one. one but he he was, missed he, one, he was, but he, he could have played. He wanted to play. He could have played. You know, and I didn't put this stat up there, but when I was looking at the stats, he only had six batted balls all year long. Yeah, exactly. And which was exactly. one of the lowest numbers for any starting court. Now, there were some, some kids that might have played three, five, six games that – only had you know three or five right, or six. But, but the but, point is, is he was pressured. You know, what was it? Sixty percent of his snaps, yeah. he was pressured and only had six batted balls, right. which was another, you know, media rhetoric yeah, out oh, yeah, there about little, Bryce he, Young. Yeah, he, he but we made we made the point because we made the point because Bryce made the point. He grew up his height. Yeah. He grew up being little, so he's adjusted his his release and his arm arm angles. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Bryce is a Bryce is an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I don't care is. what you say. You're going to eat the words, Panther fans. Well, and yeah. you know who you are because I've talked to you on social media. You're going to he, you're going to be eating a plate of crow. And I'm actually not encouraged that it's fixing to get any better. You know, they hired yeah, Morgan as the I, GM. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know Morgan was here, and I've I've heard different different theories. You know, maybe Dan Morgan. Maybe Dan Morgan was in the in the boardroom and saying, I don't know if I like that player, but he got overruled. And now Tepper heard that, and maybe Tepper's like, you know, Dan Morgan didn't really like that guy that we picked, and he didn't work. You know, maybe. Maybe, but I, I still feel like they had an opportunity to go out 
and pluck somebody from the 49ers organization, pluck somebody from the Baltimore Ravens organization, they'll pluck somebody from the Dallas Cowboys organization. You know, teams that know how to consistently be good, they know how to build a franchise. You know, like the Commanders, they hired the assistant uh, GM from the Niners mm-hmm. to be their GM. That's what I wanted to see the Panthers do. Yeah, Go out and get somebody like that that's been in an organization that knows how to build a team, hire that person, and then get the hell out of the way, let that person bring in the, co- the right coach for the team and build it, and build it the right way. Right. And I think by him... No, nothing against Dan Morgan. I don't know a whole lot. You know, I know he played linebacker for the. Uh, well, I mean, he was a Panthers. tough ass linebacker, man. He so, was a tough you know, nose. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll bring hope, some. Yeah, hopefully, tough nose. yeah, hopefully he will. He will prove me wrong and go out there. But I just felt like Tepper again took the easy way and the wrong way. But. Well, may, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe I wanted to look this up. Um, I'm wondering if Tepper picked Dan Morgan because he's a yes man. That's another theory that's out there that he just wanted to go with another yes man so right. he could still control and, the and reins. That, and we'll find that out, I guess. Yeah, and that's kind of why I, I felt like you know he he's it's going to be more of the same that he didn't he didn't make that wow hire that he could have you know said okay I'm bringing in a guy that knows how to do it that's done he's got the track record. And I'm just going to give him the keys, and I'm going to go sit back and watch. And yeah. That that didn't happen. So I'm discouraged for Bryce. I, like I said, prove me wrong, please. Right. But, but I just I, I see it as more of the same. I like uh, I like that uh, that new OC from Tampa that they they interviewed that Canales. Dave Canales, you know, I, I listen to WFNZ here locally every day, and they they laid his resume out, and I heard a couple interviews from him. And, I mean, he to me, he sounds like the, the right kid for the job. And I say kid because he is a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, might as well go with youth because these old asses didn't get it done. No. So bring in some youth. Um, you know, we'll see. I know Avero Ruggiero's. Got a second interview with the Falcons. And he had two with the Panthers. Mm, so, we'll see. But I like I like that Dave Canales. I, I, like the, I like his offensive mind and the fact that Baker found a, a resurgence under him. Yeah. Maybe there's something there. <laughs> of course, Tampa did have Mike Evans now, and Chris I mean, Sure. Uh, to name, <laughs> name a few. Those things help, too. But and, a, yeah. and a good offensive line. Yeah. Obviously. This is true. So, but anyway, we'll hope. We'll hope, man. We hope for Bryce. Yeah. I don't think he can take another yeah, 62, yeah. 62 sacks. And like I said, that. 100 pressures. Like I said, 46 throwaways. Yeah. He, yeah. he could have easily been sacked over 100 times. And got up, wiped himself off, got back in the huddle. If, if anything, Panther fans, damn, that ought to impress you. That kid ought to impress you. Just the fact that he is little. And he took it like a man. Mm-hmm. He took it like a man. He, I've never once saw him moan to the media or blame anybody. He always took it yeah. on his own chest, you know, for yeah, their failure. He took failures. the firing. His, for, he exactly. took Reich's firing. He exactly. took the blame for that. Kid just knows. He just 
He's he high knows character, how to be man. the face of the franchise. High character. And give him an offensive line. And actually, I think he can win with the weapons he's got if he had an offensive line. Yeah, yeah. If he had another half a second and a little less pressures, man. Mm-hmm. No quarterback likes pressure. Even CJ, who put up awesome numbers, you know, they were record numbers for a rookie. Yeah. Didn't do well against pressure. No, no quarterback no, does. No, Tom yeah. Brady. I mean, about like the only one that laughs in your face when you blitz him is Patrick Mahomes. But he's just—he's special. He's different. <laughs> you can't—you can't—you can't compare right. any quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. Right. No, he's it, definitely going to be known as a generational talent for sure. I mean, he's already is really. Oh yeah. So. Yep. That's all I had. I mean, I don't have—I don't have nothing. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm pulling for the Lions. I'm all <laughs> in on the Lions, even though it's an NFC it's, team in my division, the yeah. North, that I shouldn't be. But I mean, hell, how do you root against the Lions? I mean, if you root for anybody, it ought to be the damn Lions. Right. Their fan base, and and I know a lot of Lion fans. Their fan base deserves. They they deserve. They're kind of taking on the America's team right yeah, now. Yeah, they you know? do. They deserve. So this. If, if you're not a if you're not a Niners, Ravens, or a Chiefs fan, everybody else should be pulling for the Lions. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because the Ravens they look good. Yeah, the Ravens definitely look good, and I mean the Niners, Niners look good, but I mean they it. might be without the Niners, Debo. The Niners could have been had last week. They could have, and they they might be without Debo. And that's another thing I didn't mention about Jordan Love. You know, the media loving him. He broke the number one rule of quarterbacking that cost his team the game. Oh. You yes. never are supposed to throw across your body back across the field. Yeah, that was a rookie mistake. And that was what cost them that game. Or not necessarily cost them the game, but that's what put the fork in it. That what ended that game. Yeah, I almost, I almost called Todd Bowles out as my uh, scumbag, you know. It, it, it wasn't for the late Hall of Fame ballot that came out last <laughs> night. Bowles was going to be my scumbag for his time management at the end of the game with the Bucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, not that I think they would have, but you never know. You never know. They could have forced the Lions to have to make a long field goal, and they could have blocked it. I don't think the Lions would have tried to kick a field goal. I think they would have punted and taken their chances on Baker not being able to drive the length of the field. But still yet – Bowles missed a golden opportunity to to use his timeout. You know, I, the only complaint I've got is I like to see them use Jameer just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I would like to too. I mean, I think they want to as well, but I think they like that little thunder they like and lightning. One two, yeah, that one two punch and Jameer comes. It was comes like just, Montgomery would gain two three yards, and then here comes Jameer and he get eight to. 30, you know. Hell, he's he's already eight yards on the defensive side before you even really see him. <laughs> he's so fast. Can you yep. tell we like Bama guys? <laughs> We're not homers. Not homers at all. All right, well, let's wrap up the sports talk and uh, let's get into some pin hook. Do, do head on. We're going to head on over to the bar and start drinking, <laughs> and we're going to rate that shit. All right. See you. Cheers. Cheers.
What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast, and it's time to rate that shit. Colby, what are we drinking? Well, tonight, we've got a pinhook. This is a Kentucky Straight Bourbon. This is from their flagship series, and so basically every year they come out with a, with a new mixture, a new blend, a new flavor. So this is from 2021. This one's called the Bourbon Heist, because each one of them is named after a horse. And uh, so Bourbon Heist was actually a pretty good horse. Had, oh, yeah. 12, had 12 races, six second place finishes, no wins, and uh, one third place. Career winnings was about $143,000. So, hey, we get a little not, horse knowledge not bad, in there. Not bad. Get a little bourbon history, a little horse That's history. Right. You know, hey, I said 2024, we're coming with more knowledge. We're bringing it bigger, <laughs> badder, better. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is distilled at the Castle and Key. Right there in Frankfort. Oh, okay. We've been there. We've been to that one. Uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. So that, that's where this is distilled. Now, this is going to cost you about $42. It's 98 proof. The mash bill, it's 75% corn, 15% uh, rye, and 10% malted barley. Now, your nose, you should get an orange blossom, a nutmeg, mm. and a coffee. Your taste is going to be butterscotch, coconut, almond, and sassafras. <laughs> I waited until he took a drink <laughs> to throw that sassafras out there. Sassafras. And uh, then your finish should be almond and cinnamon. So, I, can you talk? Are you choked up? You no, need some more no. bourbon? You about, oh, killed the whole, you about killed the whole thing when I... <laughs> no, I like to get that first taste so I can, I can, be, I can be thinking while sassafras. I'm talking. Sassafras. Let me give you the rating system. Mm. And uh, pretty tasty, on. man. That's pretty tasty. And neither one of us have ever had anything from the Hook line. So this, this it just, is, you know, the bottle just doesn't look interesting to me. I don't know. Now, I've always looked at the bottle. I'm like, is that wine? As my wife loved it because she <laughs> loves wine. Right. So uh, her and her friend were at the bar when I when I sat it down, and they're like, "Ooh, did you bring us some wine?" <laughs> yeah. So I've just never been a big Pinhook fan. That never drew me in. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about our rating system. Um, we do one through four. One, that's our lowest level. We call that a brown bag. Obviously, we don't recommend that you buy that. Um, two, getting, getting better. Two sounds like a low number, but honestly, um, for us, it's a mixer. And it might be just your everyday daily drinker. I mean, a Woodford is a two for us, so factor that in. Three, obviously, it's gotten a lot better. We call that on the rocks. More than likely, it's going to be a little higher in proof for us, and thus the reason we like to dilute it down with a rock. And last but not least, the way we're, we always drink here on Rate That Shit, we call that neat. And that's, a, that's our number one. We don't give out a lot of them. Maybe I give out more than he does. I'm easy that way. I'm a little pickier. I mean, I, I call it like <laughs> I see it. This one's good. I like this one. I, this one this one meets my profile. So what all did you get there? I definitely got the orange. Orange blossom. I got definitely. the orange. That was I don't first, know about the blossom, but I got the orange. Orange, yeah. That's the first thing when, when I raised the glass up, the first thing yeah. I got was that orange. Yeah. And I don't get coffee. I get... Of course, I'm not a coffee drinker. I get I get nuttiness. Yeah. I don't get nutmeg, per se, but I get yeah. the I get the nuttiness, I think, that you get in a lot of, you know, on the nose, for sure. Um, Taste-wise, I got to re- redo it. I got to redo it. I've already forgot. 
I get the butterscotch and the almond. I don't really know what sassafras is supposed to taste like. So. Would you quit saying that? <laughs> quit saying that while I'm drinking. I don't even. I don't know what the hell. That just reminds me of a cartoon. Yeah. Wasn't that a cartoon? <laughs> no, really? that's su- suffering succotash. Suffering succotash. This, I like this, man. This is and some I good get, shit. I do get a little almond and, and cinnamon on, on the finish. I'm definitely, I'm definitely getting a, a buttery, kind of a viscous taste. You know, it's not coating my mouth, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's lingering. The, the flavor lingers. I actually get a little coconut. See, I'm not getting, but I, I'm getting that that butterscotch almond. I'm gonna have to go find some damn sassafras because <laughs> I do have no clue what that must taste yeah, like. I, but but almondy, you know, I think you get that with almost every bourbon. Cinnamon because I'm getting some heat, and the heat sticks with me a little bit. Mm. Not a whole lot of hug as it goes down, you know, and but it finishes smooth. I just got a taste that I don't know how to describe. Maybe it must be the, the sassafras. sassafras. <laughs> mm. Each time you each time you take a sip, you get a little different it's flavor. Good, man. What'd you say? Forty five. Forty two. Damn, that's a good forty two dollars bourbon. That 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 bourbon right there just easily jumped into my top five. Well, you know, and you know, we've been bragging on the Mictors all the last month that we've been doing Mictors and, and they're forty five dollars and they're in the eighties, you know, proof wise. Right. This is ninety eight proof at forty two dollars with good flavor. Really good flavor. <sighs> I mean I'm I'm almost leaning at a four I, on see, this I one, still, man. See, I still don't know but, that I can give it a four. I, I mean, mean when you, once you factor in the when you, yeah, when you lump it, everything into ooh, it as far as not to give it a four. I'm, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pinhook, that I've been passing on you because you look like wine. You know, I don't, and I, I didn't. Because you're good. I didn't even uh, check the age. So I don't, I don't know what the age is on this bourbon. Four. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of light, but the, the the color is deceiving a lot of times yeah. to me. But it's definitely it's definitely not got a huge age statement. Uh, it says aged more than three years. Yeah, four, <laughs> four. So a minimum of three years. Look at Dut. Look at Dut. I'm becoming a, an aficionado. <laughs> it's good, man. I, I I'm a I'm gonna give give. I'm definitely think it gives the bourbon buzz and ball and stamp of approval. Well, you know, I've been given that stamp for anything three and above, so it's definitely getting the stamp. Of there you go. Damn. I'm 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 teetering between you know, a four, man, a four and a three. That's cr- I am too, and it's and it's crazy because, like I said, every every sip I take, and I'm not trying to sing a police every song. Every sip I take. Every sip I, I take. I sing a Lauren Hill personally, but who is it that sings? Isn't it polite? No. Yeah, every step, every, every breath. Step, every every oh, breath. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but every sip I take, I get a different flavor. And I've gotten pretty much every flavor that they've described on one sip or another. Yeah. You know, I, 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 like that last sip I just took, I got the coconut. The time before that, I got what I think is probably the sassafras. Sassafras. The time before that, it was the almond. Well, damn, put a number out there. Neither of us are really throwing a number out there. See, I, bottom line is... And I'm is, getting that orange. I, 
if you have if you've been like me and and never bought this, I mean, we, I've missed out. I've you missed know, out because it, it's good. It doesn't. I'm I'm like I'm with you. If it's a bourbon I don't know and it just doesn't jump out at me on the shelf, I, I walk on by it. And you know, when I see a a high proof at a low price, it scares me because right. I'm thinking I'm thinking well why you know it's kind of like that. That one in the fancy bottle. Why they got to put it in such a fancy bottle? They're hiding something. Yeah. Um, I don't remember this being at Castle and Key. I don't either. Now they're just they're just distilling it. They don't own this. Oh, they don't yes. actually own the Pinhook label. Okay. But it's, it is distilled at Castle and Key. I'm torn. I am torn. Ah, man, I tell you, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give it a four, man. I just can't get away from it. The the economics, the bargain to me at forty two dollars. This is a this is a damn good pour at forty two dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It just is. It's because, like we said, there's so many different flavors that you get out of it, and that's that's usually what you find in in uh, an allocated bourbon. Right. You know where you get tons of different flavors. You know, you get you get coating of your mouth. You get lingering, lingering flavors. You get front end flavors, back end flavors. This one has it all. It for does, 42 and, it, bucks. and it moves around. You get the orange. You get the the almond. <laughs> I was trying to say sassafras as he was turning it up, but I didn't get it out quick enough. Uh, this bottle just cries out to me and says, "You want more?" Well, you saw me. You want you more? You saw me pour some more. Uh, I still haven't rated it myself, but I think given all the factors, like you mentioned, when you factor in value, it's hard to get away from forty-two dollars for for that kind of flavor profile. Yeah, and and you definitely, I mean, look at those legs. Where? <laughs> I, I'm on. I'm gonna have to give it a four. It, it's boom, not. Boom. It's not my favorite for my taste profile, but given the complexity, all the different flavors, the price, the availability. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you want a good bourbon for under forty-five dollars? That's that's gonna be hard to beat, and, hard and a good strong bourbon too. Yeah. It's and nice. it and it doesn't have. A burn. A strong yeah. burn. No, not at all. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Let's give it a four. Boom, I already did. <laughs> no, I'm at four did. more drinks. Oh, I'm down with that. We got a game to watch, don't we? Yeah, we do. For Brandon got, Miller. Well, we also got the iron ball of basketball. Oh, wow. Is that tonight? That's tonight. Damn, it's going to be <laughs> a long night. All right. Well, yeah. let's get our bourbon ready. Let's get on some basketball and... And let's roll tide. Let's roll tide. Cheers. Cheers.